0: Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter.
1: We lost the transmission, sir. Communications, disruptions can mean only one thing.
0: This is Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome, everyone, to episode 64 of Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Peter Vioxx. And it's Star Wars Day, my favorite day of the week, where I get to sit down and talk about one of my greatest loves of my life, Star Wars. So, this is episode 64. If you guys remember, if you're listening, this is a little confusing, because last week it was episode 69, and before that it was episode 62. Well, that's just because I goofed, and I could explain the reason for it, but it doesn't really matter. (laughs) So... We're not just correcting the episode number, but my preferred time of the week to release an episode. That's why you guys are getting two episodes this week. Uh, the schedule kind of goes like this. I like to record on Tuesdays so I can release by Friday. That gives me plenty of time to do any sort of editing, fix anything that I wanted to do. You know, I like to put a throw a couple of bells and whistles in there occasionally. Um, the other thing is Tuesdays, the reasons I like to ask you guys to send in Calm Link Chatter on Mondays is because, well, it gets it the day before. So aim for Monday night at the latest to get on the show. And speaking of Comlink Chatter, I want to know what you all did to celebrate this past week. Uh, it was an especially exciting week in Star Wars, being a week that holds two important Star Wars holidays, both May the 4th and Revenge of the 5th. I know a lot of us celebrate by marathoning our beloved series or just by catching some of our favorite movies and moments. That's a more attainable goal that I discovered after I woke up about 7 in the morning. Uh, 11 movies at 2 hours apiece, 24 hours in the day, you do the math. You know that I celebrated the 4th by taking the podcast off the shelf with no warning. It was quite a surprise. I really appreciate everyone's excitement. All the text messages and phone calls really warmed my heart. And uh, it, it's just really cool, guys. Thank you so much. Um, I caught some of the prequel action, of course, and finally watched The Rise of Skywalker for the first time in my home on Disney+. That was awesome. Uh, it's amazing how many little details are jam-packed in the Star Wars films, aren't there? You know, like things that I don't even notice until my fifth or sixth viewing but even with the giant screen at the movie theater there are still things that I don't even notice until watching in my living room television like okay like think about this the blockade runner that was parked in the cave on the side of the mountain I never noticed that <laughs> I'm serious I, I, I saw the movie this was my sixth sixth time I think and I never ever saw it just sitting in the, like you, you can see the sublight engines sitting there in the shade Um, it's a great hiding place because even though I've seen it taking off from there, I never noticed it in the shadows, but okay. So like, this is where the nerd starts. Um, it got me thinking about the direction of the rise and fall, the number of light giving stars or reflections of the moons. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Is it always shaded? Is it all, you know, (laughs) this is where I got to pump the brakes a little bit sometimes guys, because this is an instance where there may not be an actual answer to the question. So let's look it up, actually, while we got you here. Okay, Wikipedia tells me that Ajin is the jungle moon of the gas giant Ajara. It also tells me that it's part of the Katamimu sector in the Outer Rim. Fun fact, despite being a moon, it has two moons of its own. Okay, now let's not stop there. Uh, we've also got the visual dictionaries that have come out for the last three movies, and they have the star charts of the known galaxies. So we got to pull that out really quick, because I'm not satisfied. I want to know more about these shadows and the, the light-giving stars. A galaxy at war. Okay, so here's the thing. You've got Agen Kloss, or how do you guys say it? Agen Kloss? Agen Kloss? A- let's just call it Agen Kloss. You can see that all the planets kind of look like stars in this star chart, which is kind of confusing. Unless it's... Unless it's like the sector... No, that wouldn't be the sector. Systems. Aginclaw's system. Maybe we're just supposed to assume that they all have their own stars. But if you look at it, there are two little stars kind of next to it. So maybe there are two suns. But that might make it kind of interesting... Um yeah. I don't know. I don't think it really matters, but at the same time, I'm still not satisfied. This is why we have a Star Wars podcast, ladies and gentlemen, because we worry about the details. We love Star Wars. We love the details. So, let's look up the Resistance base on page 70. Okay, like Dakar and Crate, Aginc Kloss was discovered by Alderaanian explorers, but never shared with a wider galaxy. blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah temporary base with hardly any new construction but what about the stars tell me about the stars (laughs) i don't think we're going to get our answer here but we did learn a few things just from wondering about how shadowy a cave stays in this particular part of the outer rim but the butt end of the tantive 4 is literally right at the edge man that's a tight fit in a garage made for a potentially smaller ship i mean can you imagine parking a ship that big I mean, okay, think about all the pomp and circumstance required to park huge ships. Like, do you guys remember in Star Trek, the motion picture? It was the longest scene ever. How could you forget? But it required like a whole bridge crew, and they're just sitting there like showing what it's like being docked, how to get it out, and everyone, Captain Kirk's just sitting there literally on the edge of his seat looking like he's going to scream as the thing comes out. It's, it's, It's a big deal, guys. If anyone has a book with a Tana V4 cross-sections, let me know what that bridge or cockpit looks like. Like, okay, how many people would it take to efficiently parallel park that bad boy? That's what I want to know. These are the things that keep me up at night. So, I recently discovered that Jam Transmissions got a one-star review on iTunes. (laughs) It's honestly quite funny. I mean, see, okay, it's something that I don't understand, guys. Like, okay. I don't think that I've ever left a one-star review of anything. Like, okay, I slept in a motel with cockroaches once, but the pillows were nice. Uh, (laughs) I recently ordered a well-done burger to split with Eden, and there was so much blood in it that it changed the color of my fries. Okay, okay, look, like, that stuff is gross, and I may be swimming in a shallow pool of hyperbole at the moment, but... I'm really left to wonder, what on earth did we say that offended someone so much that they had to leave the lowest possible review? It with no words. Like, how pissed are you? I'm honestly just going to take it like a badge of honor, guys. You know, you're doing something right when you got haters. At least that's how I feel. So, hit me up with some comlink chatter, guys. Tell me about the time that Jam Transmissions did you wrong. I'm sure that there have been times. Or... Or tell me about a time that you left a one-star review somewhere, because I actually bet that'll be a great story. Emails and voicemails, the com link, C-O-M-L-I-N-K at jamtransmissions.com. So, I got a little something new for you that I bet you haven't heard about anywhere else. I listen to a lot of different types of music. Do you guys remember that one time that I had that music about, about the mother, and it had poems from that book? about the mother, you know, and it was just this really avant-garde. A dude was just sitting there droning on, talking about this, that and the other. Is generous, and it is patient. I still liked it, but there's this kind of music I listen to called Dungeon Synth. It it kind of uh is like on the edge of like dark ambient, medieval fantasy and stuff. And I've even composed some stuff in, in this genre. It's it's a lot of fun utilizing a lot of older software synths and such, uh, a lot of older keyboards and whatnot. Um, but there was this one that I learned about. And it came. It, it it did not come out on May the fourth, but it was brought to my attention on May the fourth through the Dungeon Synth Archives YouTube channel. Um, it just popped up on my phone. It came out on my birthday, actually, April the 6th. And it's called Bespin Moons. And I don't typically do double takes on my phone because, you know, I'm just looking at it and I'm not <laughs> it's not like passing my line of sight or anything. But I did a double take on my phone this time. Almost like smashed it on my face, getting close enough to see it. Bespin Moons guys and I gotta I gotta pull this up this is crazy the album is called A Binding Force and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and play some of this in the background for you and I'm gonna try and describe this as best as I possibly can um you get it's kinda okay so you you get the CD shape background and um it looks like an old Kenner toy back card cardstock, And it says Bespin Moons on it. There's even a KB Toy Store sticker on there that has a little bit of a coffee stain on there. And in red ink, the price is marked out and it says $1, a binding force. And it's just got all these starships all over it. And um, the art is freaking beautiful. Jeez, uh, you got to check this out, guys. So what really caught my interest is the very first song it's called repairing a power droid you all know how much i love gonk droids on this show but you actually have little bits like you probably already heard it i'm going to put this in the background in post-production but the gonk sound in there um i'm going to talk a little bit about all these songs you've got okay a binding force son of star killer torches on the forest moon galactic scum Cloud City Incinerator Room, Dagobah Nights, and The Farthest Planet. Like, in that second song, it felt like I was learning all about the Force all over again. and other songs just kind of hopped around like you're hanging out with the Ewoks going on a hunting adventure with them or working with the Ugnaughts um there's industrial motifs to I don't even know what industrial motifs can actually mean a couple different things but I think you know what I'm trying to say um on Dagobah Nights you felt like you're there with R2 looking in on the orange light coming from Yoda's hut um I'm going to read a, a couple of reviews of it real quick Uh, One of them says it's a love letter in its sincerest form to the series. One said, Situated on the lo-fi side of the genre, Bespin Moons not only pays tribute to the original trilogy and its associated toy line, but also the nostalgia of yesteryear with a hypnagogic trance that is all-consuming. Hypnagogic is not a word that I know. In fact, I'm almost guaranteeing you that I've said it incorrectly. H-Y-P-N-O-G-O-G-I- see tell me hit me up (laughs) i don't know what that means now that's not it guys if you go to bestmanmoons.bandcamp.com you will actually see what you missed out on because it had a limited edition handcrafted cassette release and this is so cool this is what i love about dungeon synth you look up the picture and they've got the toys next to them you've got a a darth vader and these are vintage and you've got the obi-wan kenobi standing there The cool thing about this is that each cassette included one Kenner Arab replica weapon chosen at random. Will you receive a blaster, gaffy stick, or perhaps the mighty lightsaber? Limited to 30 copies. Damn it. Damn it. I just missed it. And it came out on April the 6th, literally one month ago from the recording of this episode. And it's all sold out. And guys, I invite you to check it out because you can actually still support it. Um you can listen to the entire thing for free, as is, you know, Bandcamp kind of rules for, for independent musicians like that. But it's also a pay what you want kind of thing. So if you go there, you can pay like a a minimum of a dollar and you can download all of the MP3s for free. Um that's pretty sweet. I wanted to share that with you guys, and I've I've just kind of gone through a couple of the songs and hopped around. And uh, hopefully you'll check that out. Hopefully it's a little bit better than uh I remember it was called Snog that I told you guys to check out. Snog with 2Gs. And if you if you haven't checked it out, I still invite you to check out Snog. <laughs> so, May the 4th gave us some pretty cool announcements as well, guys. You know, we learned that not only are we getting a new movie, but another Disney Plus TV show in development. Let's st- let's start with that one. Leslie Headland who is known for Russian Doll, will be working on a show that Variety calls a female-centric series that takes place in a different part of the Star Wars timeline than other projects. Also, uh, Deadline also reported that it's going to be an action thriller with martial arts elements. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I wasn't familiar with Leslie Headland or Russian Doll, so I actually spent some time on Revenge of the Fifth watching the Netflix program, that, like just kind of aiming to get some sort of understanding of what we could expect. Uh, she directed the first three episodes, which introduce a show that's kind of something along the lines of a dark take on Groundhog Day. Like, imagine dying and restarting in front of a mirror in that same spot while maintaining your memories from all of your previous deaths. Like, they seem to happen very quickly as well. Like, very rarely does the main character make it very far into the next couple of days. And that's kind of where I'm going to stop explaining the show. Um, In case there's anyone out there who wants to check it out, there are eight episodes between 20 to 30 minutes apiece. And it's not exactly the brightest bit of television that you could watch, so expect some dark comedy with somber themes um i'm looking forward to seeing more of her work honestly in the star wars setting but the genre is so different from what we usually get in star wars that that i really have a hard time imagining what we'll get um the direction of the first three episodes was great i mean i will say that for sure and as the sort of person who usually decides on the pilot if i will continue to watch the show well i mean that's the point of the pilot after all is to hook us um i'll also say that i was indeed hooked And I binged the entire show in one day. Honestly, uh, (laughs) Revenge of the Fifth was spent on that. But it's still Star Wars research, guys. I'm telling you. Uh, So she did her job, and that's a job well done, if you ask me. I mean, looking forward to your female-centric series in an unknown time with martial arts elements. Yes, that sounds pretty damn awesome to me. The other bit of news that we got was about an upcoming movie directed and co-written by Taika Waititi. And if I'm reading the StarWars.com article correctly, it was co-written and not directed by Christy Wilson Cairns. So directed and co-written by Taika Waititi and co-written by Christy Wilson Cairns. So this was another name that I was not familiar with. And I did a quick IMDB check on her and it turns out she's a real big deal. Um, She co-wrote this past December's three-time Oscar-winning film, 1917, with Sam Mendes. Now... Three-time Oscar-winning film. Those are some serious accolades. Um, I hadn't seen that film either, but it was definitely on my radar. Uh, December was a really busy month, so it slipped. But I remedied the situation this morning by watching the film with my morning coffees, and wow, Now that it was a movie, guys. It was a hell of a movie. Um, I've always enjoyed war films, so I had no doubt that I'd find something to like about this one. Um, I haven't fully let the movie sink in for me. I just watched it this morning. But as far as like, what a writer or co-writer of such a film could bring uh, with them to another genre, but I do think that a screenplay writer does more than just write a script or, or dialogue. I think that, um, that the story told, which was based on the true story told by Sam Mendes' grandfather... Who actually did something similar to what happened in the film? I think that a story like that is told with words that, that, that evoke an image that must then be translated into the visual medium. So, yeah, the oral, oral tale written down, translated into visual. OK, you get what I'm saying. I just was making sure I was going through it to make sure that I said it all properly. I mean, you could have said the dialogue, and if the world wasn't happening the way that it was around the characters in the film, it wouldn't have had anywhere near the dramatic effect that it did. So, I'm very excited to see the pairing of someone like Taika Waititi and Christy Wilson-Cairns in the hopes that they can find some special place to tell that story between the stars and the wars. Um... Oddly enough, this film has no plot, no timeline, and no expected release date, but IMDb still managed to slap the year 2024 on that, so take that as you will. So are you guys excited about that new series being developed, or the new announced movie? Do you have any thoughts on the directors and writers that I just talked about, and the kind of thing that they could bring to the galaxy far, far away? I want to know your opinions on it as well, so hit me up with emails and voicemails at comlink at jamtransmissions.com. Now, it's time to bring back an old segment, something from way, way, way back in the very beginning. And we've brought it back a couple of times, it's been on hiatus from time to time, but it's time for... This Day in Star Wars History! Now, we always had a lot of fun with this one, but we often would land on some really boring ones that didn't really provide any talking points, so... Instead of worrying about that anymore, I've decided to take the week in which the podcast comes out and tell you what happened in Star Wars history for every day of the week. Now, did anything interesting happen today? Let's find out. So this week is going to be May 3rd through the 9th. Sunday, May the 3rd, 2002. Over 27,000 fans flocked to Indianapolis for Star Wars Celebration II, an official fan convention held through May 5th. You know, I always read about that in Star Wars Insider, and I wanted to go. But I never got to go. i just glad that I get to go to all the modern ones now. May 4th, 1979. The fan coined... May the 4th Be With You slogan gets its first major boost of exposure when the London Evening News uses it as a half-page congratulatory note to Margaret Thatcher, who had just won to become Britain's first woman prime minister. Interesting bit of history. May 5th, 2000. The first Star Wars Weekends launches at the Disney MGM Studios theme park in Orlando, Florida. There's a sweet-looking parade with uh the 501st and everything may 6 2013 lucasfilm and electronic arts announce a multi-year agreement to create star wars video games and make a lot of them they did not but they did make some <laughs> much to the dismay of a lot of people this kind of stuff gets extended and and a lot of people i don't know i i did you guys enjoy uh, Battlefront? A lot of people, Star Wars fans, tend to really enjoy Battlefront, and I liked Battlefront. I liked Battlefront too. I liked the story in it, but I got tired of it after a while, and that's probably just personal taste. And um, the new game, it's kind of it kind of sits with people in some different ways. Uh, frankly, it felt a lot like Sonic the Hedgehog sometimes, or I was playing Uncharted. Uh, There's a video out there of people playing that game and (laughs) to Sonic the Hedgehog music. (laughs) I don't know, guys. I'm not saying that switching to um, another multi-year agreement with a different creator is going to be any better or worse. I'm just saying, looking forward to future stuff coming out. May the 7th, 1983... An advanced screening of The Return of the Jedi is held for Lucasfilm employees and their families at the Coronet Theater in San Francisco. May the 8th, 2008, the trailer for Star Wars The Clone Wars debuts on on television and in theaters. Wow, that seems like so long ago, and now it finally is ended. In May the 9th, 1976, Star Wars Weekly is published in the UK, and it's a comic So that's pretty cool, a Marvel comic. Did you guys read uh, many of the Marvel comics? Now, that's something that I actually didn't read too many of. I remember reading a handful of them um, that I found in, like, quarter, 50-cent comic boxes throughout the years. And it wasn't bad, but it just felt... It felt like it was a comic book. Um, it, It felt like a Marvel comic book. Like, I was reading superhero comics at the time. Um... Not that I was reading them at the time, but it felt like, you know, going back and reading a bunch of stuff from that era and uh, not, not so much had the, it didn't have so much of the same feel as Star Wars, but that's it for this day, or maybe I should call it this week in Star Wars history. I don't know. I kind of like having this day in Star Wars history, that tag, the audio tag. So I'm just going to keep it for history reasons. (laughs) After all, this is about history. This is about Star Wars history. So, another cool thing that we got for May the 4th was the first of the Disney Gallery series. Now, we got to sit down at a round table with Jon Favreau, Dave Filoni, um, Bryce Dallas Howard, Rick Famayiwa, um, why can't I remember their names? Deborah Chow, and Taika Waititi. And uh, they were talking about their experiences and what they brought to The Mandalorian. Now, we also got to look at some cool behind-the-scenes looks at like how the show is made. Um, I think the neatest technological thing that we see is something that we also saw at Star Wars Celebration Chicago uh, during the Mandalorian panel. But we saw a broader use of it this time around, at least from what I can remember. And that is the surrounding video set. Uh, I'm sure there's a more technical term for it, but I think you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, the video screens that surround the character actors, you know, like whether it be Din Jaren in the Razor Crest or someone walking around in a broad area, that thing. It surrounds them, binds us and penetrates. Uh, those video sets replacing the green screens is huge, guys. Um, I think because you take away the need for the actor to imagine what is happening around them. That extra second thought, think about it. That extra second thought might be the difference between a good take and an amazing take, theoretically. So, like Din seeing the stars spinning that away makes it easier for him to imitate his body and the g force going that away. You know, rather than saying, the ship is spinning out of control, Pedro, react <laughs> F- faster, more intense. You're putting more control in the director's hands with this technology, instead of getting, say, like 15 or 20 takes of an actor bumping around inside of a cockpit and then having to add the background in post-production. You get the best take on the first try. You, you know what you're doing. You're not like, I hope that this is going to work out. Now, I'm no expert, mind you. This is just my opinion from what little I do know about that kind of stuff, but I think it enhances everyone's creativity and the ability to perform. So that is two thumbs up, if you ask me. Super cool stuff. Um, My personal favorite thing that came out of this Mandalorian Gallery show was hearing Dave Filoni talk about his work on King of the Hill and Avatar The Last Airbender. Now, not just the funny story that he told about getting the job and thinking that he was getting pranked by the SpongeBob guys, but specifically that he worked on those shows. I was actually uh, researching his work and picking out which episodes he directed on those shows. Or like what bits of animation he worked on with King of the Hill, that kind of thing. Um, And I was planning on talking about them at length in a future segment. So it's super cool that more people now have this knowledge that may not have had it before. By the way, I'm still planning on doing those deep dives on this show, guys. There will be plenty of notice whenever we're going to touch on something like that, that a Star Wars creator has worked on before, if you want to join in that conversation. Um, The other side of that interest is also what has influenced the people who made Star Wars. There's, There's still so much awesome stuff to talk about, guys. Like, even though I've got a little bit of catching up to do myself, the horizon is deep. So, that being said... I'm still being very careful on Twitter at the moment, uh mainly just posting and retweeting all the kind things that you all have said since the return. um Thank you for that and i'm I'm treading carefully because I'm still catching up on clone wars um Eden and I have just finished the bad batch arc as of last night, and I have a lot of things to say about it, but maybe I can convince her to come on and talk about it uh when the when that time finally comes. Um, But that's not going to be today. We're not going to be talking about Clone Wars today. Um, But that's going to be it for this week, guys. Um, I hope you've enjoyed hanging out with me for a little bit. I know I can't wait to have more conversations with friends on here via Comlink Chatter. So don't be shy and send in your thoughts via email and voicemail to Comlink. C-O-M-L-I-N-K at JamTransmissions.com And follow us on Twitter at JTComlink. And don't forget, you can subscribe to us on Podbean or iTunes. And also, most importantly, don't forget that you can leave a one-star review of the show there as well. (laughs) All feedback is appreciated, friends. Um, Well, thank you for joining me on episode 64. It's been a blast. But until next week, I'm Peter Viox. May the force be with you.
1: When I get older, losing my head, many years from now, will you still be sending If I'd be out till quarter to three Would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? When I'm sixty-four